He looked back at me just as plain as day, and he said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. It would be my privilege to defend the Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson. People are interested in crime. There's no getting around it, and Americans love violence. Coming to a brothel, you're having the full fantasy experience with somebody who knows, let's say, that there's five different ways to give a handjob plus. You know, talk to me about morality. Shut up. I tell you where you can stick your morality, man. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Unfiltered, the podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Prowskany. I am the producer and director of the Unfiltered series. Today, we have a timely episode uh, to coincide with Pride Month. We're going to be speaking with gay activist from New York City whose name is J.W. Walker. Uh, J.W. Walker has been um, an activist for the LGBTQ community for over 20 years, uh, predominantly in New York City. Uh, he's worked with organizations such as ACT UP uh, and Gays Against Guns. And right now, he's part of a new group called the Reclaim Pride Coalition. Basically, what the Reclaim Pride Coalition is about is to sort of kind of get back to the roots of what these pride festivals and celebrations are all about. Uh, there seems to be sort of a uh, popular thought uh, within the LGBTQ community all across the country and even in other places around the world where a lot of people think that sort of the original vision of pride has been bastardized, mainly due to two things, uh, over-commercialization and involvement by the police. If you look back at the origins of pride, uh, it basically stems from the Stonewall riots that happened 49 years ago. And for those that aren't familiar with the Stonewall riots, uh, the Stonewall Inn was a gay bar uh, located in the West Village of Manhattan. And in 1969, uh, they were the victims of a pretty horrific police raid. Uh, the members of the bar fought back, and it kind of sparked uh, what would be the modern-day gay rights movement. A year after that incident was the very first Pride Parade uh, that happened in New York City, and it's been happening ever since. So now there were 49 years after Stonewall. You know, there's sort of a irony of now that the uniformed cops uh, frequently march within the actual parade itself. Obviously, the gay community and police through the years have had not the greatest relationships. Um, police brutality uh, against specifically queer people of color uh, are an ongoing thing. And it really has been you know, happening through the decades uh, since Stonewall. Uh, so sort of this contentious uh, attitude uh, towards um, relations between the LGBTQ community and the NYPD is, is valid, uh, depending on what perspective you're looking at. And, you know, there are organizations that exist today, such as Goal, which is uh, an alliance of uh, members of the LGBTQ community within the NYPD. Um, but there still seems to be a little bit of a disconnect. So there are many different organizations, including Reclaim Pride, uh, that are putting together a list of demands of how they want to see these celebrations change. One of the primary things that everyone seems to share is to remove armed and uniformed police officers from the actual march itself. Reclaim Pride has said that they have no problem with members of the NYPD marching in the parade. They should just be in regular civilian clothes. Heritage of Pride is the organization that Reclaim Pride is locking horns with the most. Heritage of Pride is a nonprofit organization that has basically been the facilitators uh, for both the march and the pure dance and all of the surrounding festivities of Pride in New York City since 1984. 
there's been a thought within the LGBTQ community that Heritage of Pride has unfortunately gotten a little too cozy with both the NYPD and elected officials and that they are sort of losing focus on what Pride is really supposed to be about. Now that we move into what will soon be the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, uh, many gay activists really want to see the Pride uh, March and the Pride Festivals back in the hands of the leaders of the community that were activists and that remember uh, the activism that is really behind what these festivities stand for. Some of the leadership within the LGBT community has forgotten the roots of Pride, have forgotten that Pride began with a riot. It was about police literally shaking down gay men at bars all over the city. And then during the HIV AIDS crisis, policing you know, gay men's sexuality. The leadership of the Pride March has basically turned the march over to the police, allowed the NYPD to determine every aspect of the march. It's the most wrong-headed, just anti-Pride way of thinking. My name is J.W. Walker. I am an organizer for Rise and Resist, Gays Against Guns, but I'm here today to talk about the Reclaim Pride Coalition. Pride to me means uh, LGBTQ people standing up for our rights, our dignity, uh, our ability to live our lives as openly and as, uh, as completely as possible. When I first started going to the Pride celebration, in the late 80s, early 90s, you could just join into the march from wherever you were standing on the sidelines watching it. It was a real feeling of community then. You know, everyone that was observing it, everyone that was marching in it, we were all one. Over the course of, uh, of the last 20 years or so, starting during the Giuliani administration, the march started to be more and more closed off, more and more policed, more and more barricaded. A lot of people think that this has something to do with 9-11 and terrorism, but the truth is the over-policing of the Pride March really started in like the mid to late 90s. First it started with barricading off the West Village ridiculously so that if you wanted to go from one end of a block to the other, you'd have to travel three or four blocks out of your way just to get to the other end of the street. And then shortly thereafter, the, the march route itself started being more barricaded off, more policed to the point that now the marchers and the, um, the spectators are just completely separate. Many members of our wider queer communities are fearful of police, and with good reason. When you look at the activist community of gays, you've got, you've got people that were in ACT UP, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, who were literally brutalized by police officers on the regular. You've got people who participated in the protests against hate crimes around Matthew Shepard's death, who had, you know, policemen on horseback charged them. And so this sort of pinkwashing that the NYPD has been trying to do for the last, really in earnest, for the last 10 or 15 years, you know, to the festooning cop cars and, and corrections vehicles with rainbows to somehow uh, imply that, oh, we're all in this together. Well, I'm sorry, we're not. We've seen a ratcheting up of the policing of young black 
queer male and female identified people in the West Village. We see in Spanish Harlem, for instance, uh, where there's a growing population of trans Latinx women uh, are being harassed regularly by police officers because they are assumed to be prostitutes solely because they are trans. These attacks on, on queers of color and trans folks of color have been going on steadily. Meanwhile, there's been no word from Goal about any of that. Goal exists essentially to, to make things better for police officers who are LGBTQ identified. Goal, however, has never done anything to vocally try to protect members of the public from police. So it causes a lot of friction, it causes a lot of problems, especially when we're dealing with the leadership of Heritage of Pride, who runs the, uh, the Pride March and the various events around town. Heritage of Pride were the folks that have pursued the corporate community, they have pursued strong relationships with city government. Pride has become an opportunity to go after a market. What happens though is that the more marginalized members of our communities get forgotten or get left by the wayside. In the beginning, there would be a few politicians who were supportive of LGBTQ rights and they were often outsiders. Over the course of the last 25 years or so, what we've seen is it being more respectable to be supportive of LGBTQ people and the way that has affected the different marching contingents, especially the politicians and the corporations, is that they kind of take over, they kind of take ownership of the march itself. And so we've gotten to a situation where corporations were just taking up more and more space in the march to the point that it really did become more of a parade. You know, it was one thing when there were a few, a few bars uh, or, or nightclubs or radio stations with floats with go-go boys dancing around, but when it becomes a bunch of banks, and then in addition banks who have really, really sketchy reputations outside of their supposed LGBTQ support, then it becomes really problematic. Then we found out that Heritage of Pride had apparently put together six possible new routes for the march and submitted them to the NYPD and allowed the NYPD to determine what the final route was going to be. Literally just sort of stripping pride away from the West Village. The West Village being, you know, the home of the LGBTQ rights movement in New York City. These people that are supposed to be embodying pride and, and being the beacons of pride for, for the city and carrying that mantle of Stonewall have managed to get completely, completely removed from the roots of this march. That's when we decided we're going to have to get together a list of demands, and we're gonna to have to publicly deliver them, and we're going to have to shame them in front of the mayor's office, in front of the public. We're gonna to have to issue demands to the NYPD, and that's what we did. We're just getting the word out because the whole goal is to have as many members of our community engaging with Heritage of Pride in the weeks and months after this year's Pride because next year World Pride is gonna be held in New York City to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. And we have it as our mission to ensure that Heritage of Pride honors the legacy of Stonewall appropriately and creates an environment where all of these you know, millions of other people from around the world, many of whom are, are probably are gonna be coming 
from nations that don't have anywhere near the level of acceptance for their LGBTQ people. They're all going to be coming here and we need to be, we need to return New York to being that beacon, um, that beacon for LGBTQ rights that it's, you know, that it's rightly been seen as. So that was J.W. Walker from the Reclaim Pride Coalition. And, you know, especially the things that he says at the end there, the New York City Pride Festival, uh, as we make this recording, is actually happening uh, starting today. So many of the things that we discuss in this piece, unfortunately, probably weren't going to be implemented in this year's festivities. But the hope is that by next year, we're going to see some changes uh, at a very important time when we mark the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please log on to yahoonews.com to see the unfiltered video piece of J.W. Walker's interview. And we'll see you next week with new stories and new podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.